Welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Ryan Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. So, uh, Brian May, thank you for joining us here on the 242 Accelerated Podcast. I am uh, glad to uh, sit down with you and talk all things Exchange Church and uh, just what God's doing here in the Jackson Metro area in Pearl, Mississippi. Um, so uh, talk to our listeners for a, uh, for a few moments about uh, the Exchange Church and the story, how, how y'all came to be where y'all are in the uh, in the journey, so to speak, and, and just what's going on here at Exchange. Yeah, man, it's just it's an honor to kind of share a little bit of the wisdom that God's uh, given us over the last uh, seven years or so of our journey. Uh, so for me personally, I served on staff at my home church, uh, which was uh, in Brandon, uh, right outside of Jackson, for about a year before I went and served on staff for almost five years at Pine Lake Church, um, which for those of you who may be familiar with the Mississippi context, um, and is a is one of the largest churches, uh, if not maybe the largest in the state, and have really believed in multi-campuses uh, and have a lot of different campuses, but they also believe um, just in planting other life-giving churches. And so in the midst of my time serving there, uh, God began to stir something new um, just in my wife and I that he wanted to use us in a, in a new way and didn't know what that looked like originally, but God began to make it clear over the course of a, a number of months that church planting was a call on us. And uh, I only thought church planting was for those people who were weird or mad at their current church. And uh, I was didn't think I was either one of those at that moment. Uh, I knew I wasn't mad. Uh, maybe I was a little weird and that's still to be determined. But um, at the same time, man, God made that clear just that this was uh, beginning a new life-giving church is what he wanted it to be. And so we began praying through, God, where do you want to put us? And uh, at that moment, we'd grown up as two Rankin County kids in central Mississippi but thought maybe God wants to send us way out west to Idaho to plant potatoes and plant a church. Um, but ultimately, God revealed it wasn't going to be 12 hours west, but just 12 minutes west. And so uh, God, through a number of events, made Pearl, Mississippi really, really clear to us. And, and really the way that happened uh, was through a number of just been spiritual encounters with him, but through a breaking of our hearts for the people of that community and an understanding of the lostness of the, of the people in this community, even though there are tons, dozens of churches, literally, um, and there was not a life-giving place where people were really connecting and finding life. And so Pearl became clear. And then in the, uh, man, just to kind of fast forward the story a little bit, we spent about a year and a half of prep work moving into the city, beginning to build a core team, uh, had about 35 folks who had gathered over the course of a year and a half. And then in August of 2012, um, we launched Portable, um, had 123 people uh, there on launch day and launched inside of a uh, birthday party, a kid's business, and uh, did set up teardown for about six months doing that and ultimately had to transition to a school. And so we met in a school cafeteria for uh, about seven months. And in the midst of that, realized Portable Life just wasn't going to work in our community. There was an opportunity for long-term Portable 
And so we found the shopping center where we are right now, um, did seven months worth of renovation, and uh, man, the rest is history. We are now, uh, at this point, six and a half years old. We've been in the shopping center. We moved in at 11 months old. And okay. so we've been in the shopping center for uh, right at five and a half years. And God's just been just really incredibly, incredibly good to us over that time. Um, we, when we moved into the shopping center, we have a gathering space, a worship space to concede about 150. And uh, by year three, we had maxed that out and opened up a second Sunday morning service. Um, by year uh, four and a half, we had maxed out a second one. And so we have been doing uh, three gatherings um, each Sunday for now right at two years coming up this Easter. And so doing that together, man, God just blessed us with a really strong team. We now have uh, nine people on our staff team. And, um, and God's just doing some really cool things that allow us to see a lot of favor in our city uh, of literally reaching into the darkness and brokenness. It's awesome. It's awesome. So today, um, you know, we've talked about uh, maybe what our topic is and, and a, a range direction that we want to go with the, uh, with the time. I would love for you to, uh, to talk to me and talk to us about uh, what your idea definition, what your understanding is of vision, and how you cast that vision, maybe maybe at first here at the exchange, mm -hmm. and then how maybe it's morphed some, maybe it's it's the same, but you, you, how, how you're driving that home, you continue to drive that home here at, at the exchange. Yeah. Um, Man, you know, to speak about vision, I think the first thing I need to do is uh, take it all the way back to the original moment when Heather and I found ourselves at uh, our church planting assessment um, that much like we do with, here with 242 for new candidates who are thinking about planting. Uh, because I'll never forget the second morning of the assessment, uh, we were challenged to write our vision on a napkin uh, and then yeah. get up. Uh, or a piece of paper, whatever we had close by, because I didn't have anything at that moment uh, as far as vision or anything to write on, and, uh, and then get up and in five minutes we had to cast it because there was a make-believe, somebody who had $100,000 in the room and we had to deliver our vision and I remember I was scared out of my mind because I didn't know what I was going to say. Uh, but man, God was just really faithful in that moment to, to let us get something on paper. Mm -hmm. But I think what God taught me in that moment was just the importance of having a clear um, and compelling vision that was not man-made, but that was God-birthed. Okay. And so for us, um, obviously that evolved over the next season. But for us, the number one um, statement that we heard when we said yes to church planting, the very next week after I'd shared that publicly, I sat in a church planting meeting where the leader of that meeting made a statement and he said, church planting is the number one way to reach people who are far from God. Mm -hmm. And I've never forgotten that. And that is set at the forefront of why we do what we do, even now almost seven years into our plant, um, that that becomes the compelling force underneath it all. Um, obviously we don't have the power to save, the Holy Spirit does that, but that um, our goal as a new life-giving church is to reach into the brokenness and unapologetically go after um, the one and not the 99. It takes healthy 99, okay, to be a part of the church family, to make disciples and reach, but to unapologetically go after that. And so that statement um, that was given to us right after we gave God our yes, 
uh, really begin to define the vision and the values of who we would become. And so um, out of that, even just our vision, and this is just our story, but uh, God led us to a passage of scripture as we, we were even praying through the name. God, what do we even call this this church? And we weren't trying to just come up with the latest, coolest, hip name. We were trying to man, be inspired by God. And so he led us to a passage of scripture, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 14 through 21. A lot of verses that uh, everybody would be familiar with. But in that, God allowed us to see, I'll never forget that Friday afternoon um, as we were reading, and I, and I read it different translations, and it talked about, you know, therefore the old creation is made new, and so there's a there's an exchange that takes place there. But then God pointed me um, on a Friday afternoon, praying, listening to some worship music, to the final verse of that passage. It just says, God made him who had no sin to be sin, that, that God made the great exchange on our behalf, that he gave Jesus to make that exchange. And then the end of that verse says, so that you might become the righteousness of God. And so uh, he was like, I made the great exchange so that you could exchange old for new. And so that became that defining thing for us that ultimately birthed just our name, the exchange, and our vision statement was, which uh, is that we exist to see people exchange their old life for new life in Christ and then live out their purpose. Um, and so that became the defining just, I guess, statement for our house. And then out of that, man, the core values begin to be formed for our church uh, as a whole, and then even um, some values that we've established for our, our staff team. So uh, you're seven and a half years in, right? Uh, yeah, six and a half, six, almost six, seven. Yeah. Six and a half years in, almost seven years in, and something here just in the past month, maybe six weeks, uh, happened. You baptized your 100th person 200 200 person excuse yeah. me i don't i don't want to no, no, take away from that that is amazing because that's part of your vision those yeah. that are far from god to have that exchange and in six and a half years 200 baptisms have taken place through the exchange yeah uh, how do y'all celebrate baptisms yeah. How, how, does, how does the church celebrate baptisms? Because it's a big thing, right? It is. It is. Yeah. One of our core values, so we have five core values, and one of those is, and we kind of word them in a unique way, just that it's branded to our house. It just says, we exchange forgetting for celebrating. And so what that means is that we never want to take for granted anything that God's doing. So there's, there's nothing small that God does. Okay, we, we make it small in our mind, but all of it's the work in favor of God. And so celebrating is a big part of our value as a, as a staff family and also as a church. And so since day one, the way that we've celebrated baptism is that we want it to be a moment of great celebration because uh, what you celebrate, people will repeat. What you celebrate, people will be a part of. And so, um, and life change, again, from day one, that was who we wanted to be. And so why not celebrate um, one of the greatest, most obedient steps that somebody can take as they declare Jesus as Lord. And so for us, uh, man, baptism is a, is a really big day. And so we, we make a lot to do about that. We used to do it like once or twice a year as we set up a portable baptistry. And now we'll do four times a year uh, just because we don't have a place for a, a permanent tank in our facility. But uh, so for us, we, man, we tell the stories. We have people, um, they have to write out their faith story and they meet with a counselor. Um, and so there's a lot of different processes that we've set up in play to kind of filter um, folks to make sure that they understand the step they're taking. But we read those stories um, and we, we celebrate. We have everybody wears old made new t-shirts on that day. The people who are baptized, we give them those shirts. It's something that they get to take from the day. Um, but it's just, it's become a huge moment of celebration for our family. And then we also want to men spill that over into men how we share that through our, our social networking and even on our website so that we're constantly telling the stories 
because as we tell those people who are baptized, man, you on baptism day, even though I'll preach for a little bit, you're the, you're the best preacher in the room on that day because your story that we will read of life change is why we do what we do. And so that becomes, man, just a, a huge moment of celebration for us. But, you know, tying back real quick for a sec, uh, Brian, too, man, how do, we, how do we keep that in everything that we do is we came across a statistic just for our community when we, before we ever planted that um, somewhere 70 to 75% of our community is not connected to a life-giving church. And for us, that led us to believe that, well, if they're not connected to a life-giving church, there's a really chance, good chance they're not connected to the life-giving Savior of the church. And we said, and that's not okay. And so how do we, how do we um, use our leverage for the greatest impact to make a dent in that percentage? <clears throat> and so our staff team, if you ask them, all of them could give you that percentage. And a lot of our church family, because it's something that I, I frequently put in messages and then every time we've made a big challenge, a big step in our church, that becomes the reason why. So in, in application, like when we went from one gathering or one service to a second one, um, we had all of our volunteers. We gathered together because obviously we're about to make a really big ask for them to serve one and attend one. You got a whole nother hour. You're going to be here on Sunday. But we put three statements underneath that. We made one big statement. We said, so here's what we're doing. We're launching a second gathering. Um, but here's the statement. Here's how we're going to talk about it in public and in private is that we're making more room for you. And then we put three statements under it. And I'll never forget, we gathered everybody on a Sunday night and I walked through these three statements. And I said, so here's the number one reason why we're doing this. Um, it's not about you. And, and for our door holders to grab that, like for a second, and we said, it's not about you. It's about the 70%. It's always been about the 70%. So why would we have a whole nother gathering on a Sunday morning? It's not so we could go look at us, but it's to go, we need more seats for the 70% because since day one, that's who we've been about. Now, you know, underneath that, we have opportunity that goes, you know, it's for you because now you can serve and worship and, and it'll take you. But just, man, driving at home in every single decision that you make, that it is about um, and reaching into that 70% for us. You've talked all about it in this, in, in our, in our time. Uh, but, but let's unpack for, for our listeners, um, how you bring on a new staff member to the team. You've got nine now, didn't start with nine. You've got nine now. And, uh, and maybe not a staff member, maybe it's a key lay leader that has, has uh, um, shown that he or she is ready to lead a group. How do you drive vision home to that new member of lay leader or, or as a staff team member? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think it's a, there's, a, there's a lot to that. And uh, interestingly enough, I actually onboarded two new people yesterday. Uh, and so uh, it's kind of fresh on my mind. But... We, you know, I think there's a dynamic to that. And one of the things that we have found the beauty in is, is when you can hire from within, um, from within your church family, because um, exposure is such a huge thing. And I think when you have somebody who's been a part of your culture, who for us has heard um, our values, who's heard our mission statement, who's been a part of our baptism celebrations, who's led a life group in our church, they, they obviously own that vision on a whole new level. And so one of the, the people that I onboarded yesterday has been a part. And so there was not as much vision that I had to impart to her. Um, but there was another guy who was coming on and he's totally from outside of that. 
And so <clears throat> for me, I think there's, especially when somebody's coming into a staff role um, or even, even a really uh, key lay leader role, I mean, there has to be intentional time spent talking about the vision before you talk about the what you're going to do. So talk about the why before you're going to talk about the what. And so, man, if, if I can get somebody who's coming on board our team to understand um, that life change is what we're about, okay, maybe that's stepping into salvation, maybe that's trusting in Jesus to take a faith a step in your finances or in your how you pursue spiritual community or in your personal walk. But if, if I can get you to buy into the vision of life change, which is ultimately what Jesus came for, then I know that you're going to carry that out in how you lead your job or your ministry role, whether that's discipleship, students, worship, whatever that is, your ministry assistant. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, it's about seeing people um, exchange old life for new life in Christ. And so one of the ways that we drive that home further into our culture and we do this with our staff team, but we also do it with our lay leaders, um, whether it's life group leaders or team leaders, or at the end of the year, we do a big leadership team Christmas party. Um, one of the things that we started from day one is that we celebrate good stories. And it comes under that value of exchanging, forgetting, for celebrating. But for the first 15 to 20 minutes of our staff uh, meeting every other week, um, we share good stories. And, and most all of those stories are going to um, resonate with life change on some level, whether it's somebody taking a step of salvation, a new family connecting and finding a place to belong. But we celebrate those stories <clears throat> because that helps men add fuel to the fire and it reminds us of the why behind the what. And so I think the more that you can can talk about that and then literally show people what they're being a part of, then it makes somebody who's maybe a financial assistant, you know, sitting behind, in front of a screen punching numbers or somebody who's teaching students every week. It changes the way they think about their job because they go, I'm, I'm having an opportunity to write a line of this story of life change that God's um, leading us in. Would you, would you also say that, that it helps them to see that their small part is a part of the larger part? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think we can discount that sometimes. We forget our opportunity, you know. I mean, think about a preschool ministry. It's so easy for somebody um, who serves in your preschool ministry to, you know, stands with two-year-olds and, you know, takes them to the bathroom every week or changes diapers <clears throat> to lose the part that they play in the story. Yeah. But that's where, you know, I look at all of our staff team members and I say, you're, you're a leader. Okay. You're a pastor, you're a director, whatever you are, but ultimately what you are, you're a vision caster. Because if, if I can get a preschool uh, person director who can not only organize and schedule people for classrooms, but if you can speak vision into those people and you can help somebody in a two-year-old room understand that, yeah, you had to clean up some spit up this week and you know play with kids and there were four of them that were crying and they're hanging all over you. But mom and dad sat in the gathering and for the first time they really resonated with the gospel. Okay, that, that preschool volunteer will hang in there for many, many more months to come because they're a part of the life change story. That is, that is a, a great, deep, solid word right there. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, one, one more uh, item that I would like for us to uh, kind of walk in with vision is, okay, you got the team on board, you got your lay leaders on board who are helping with ministry. How do, how do you, how does the exchange put vision out to the congregation as a whole? Is it, um, what are the ways possibly, how often? Just talk about how you keep vision, your vision of life change in front of your folks on a regular basis. 
Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, and I think it's a continual wrestle. Um, you know, one of the things I heard early on in planting was that you have to speak your vision or speak your values until uh, the way they would put it is until you're blue in the face. All right. Um, and, and the time that you are tired of saying it, everybody else just started to get it. And, and I've never forgotten that um, and, and if even tried to pass it on to our staff team as they're now vision casters within their ministry yeah. is that you, you literally cannot say it enough. And so how can you build that into the verbiage of what you say and what you do? So for us, man, it's built into every week when one of our pastors gets up and gives the welcome. Okay. okay. It's built into that. Um, it's hung in artwork around our building so that when you walk in from day one, whether you're a guest or you're there every single week, you see that. Um, but you know, as, as Andy Stanley says, vision leaks, it, it leaks quickly. And so you have to constantly remind that. And so every time, um, you know, one of the things I try to coach our staff team in is, is, uh, when you send an email to your team or when you send a text message, um, you're not just communicating logistics, you're communicating vision. And so if your email, if your message doesn't have even a sentence of vision about it, then you're missing the opportunity. You're, you're just passing along details and you're signing up doers, but you're not signing up people who are committed to the vision. And vision is what makes people continue to keep doing what they're doing, uh, especially when it has eternal perspective to it. And then I think the last part of that is, you know, whether you have core values, which we would definitely encourage or a vision, man, that has to guide your decision making. Because when you, when you fail to let that be what guides your decision making, um, then you're missing it. You're all over the map and you're missing the opportunity to really live out what you're saying. And so I think as, a, as leadership, you have to model it. But then the decisions you make, in other words, like the events that you plan, the things that you're going to choose to be a part of or not be a part of, um, that's speaking vision, even whether you're saying it verbally or not. And so, hey, are we going to take on this opportunity in our city to help, you know, the Boy Scouts do such and such thing? Okay, it may be a great thing, but it may not be at that moment what's in line with the vision of how you're going to reach these people or how, you know, will that be the greatest impact? And so even the opportunities that you step into, which are guided by the decisions you make, need to be in line with the vision uh, that you hold to. Brian, thank you for uh, for sharing with us about what you've been passionate about here at the Exchange. Um, uh, that is the vision that keeps you going and keeps uh, the church uh, continuing to grow. Uh, one more quick thing: Would you share with the uh, with the listeners uh, kind of some of your handles on social media, how they might could could see what's going on at the exchange from website, all the other social media um, outlets that you have and, and uh, just let them know a little more about you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, man, you probably want to follow the exchange a lot more than you follow me. Uh, I'm, I'm only on Twitter at the moment. And so that's just uh, Bryant May underscore, I believe is at the end there. Uh, but the exchange, we're on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, try to keep those uh, updated continually. And I believe that is the exchange underscore. Uh, and so you can just search us that way. You'll see a big orange and gray X. Uh, and then we also, you can hop on our website and connect with those channels. And that's uh, www.theexchange.cc. All right, listeners, I will uh, put all those things also in the show notes. But uh, thank you for joining us today. Brian May, thank you for joining us. Talk to you soon. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network on the web. 242network.com